Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Pretty Mental family, welcome back. We love you. We miss you. Miss you so much now that we're doing the bi-weekly thing. Oh, miss you guys. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, beautiful people. We had an epic conversation today with Sarah Yamtich. <laughs> I always feel like I'm going to mess up her last name with Sarah Yamtich. This was such a beautiful conversation that left me tingly with my energetic, energetic body, just ready to celebrate all over the place. We explored evolution. We explored consciousness. We explored talking about the kind of world that we want to live in and how that relates to mental health. This conversation just flows so organically and it's full of so many gems that I know you guys are going to love and be so inspired by. And if you guys, if any of y'all are coming over from Sarah's camp, any of her friends, her family, her fans, her followers, welcome to Pretty Mental. We love you. We are so happy to have you here. And for any new listeners that have just found us from the ethers, we love you. We are so happy that you're here. Paula and I created Pretty Mental like two years-ish ago. And we've had some amazing, amazing conversations with super dope guests. We've cried a lot. We've laughed a lot. We've had some life-changing conversations. And this is a space for all of us to really, to open up, to touch base with ourselves, to wake up to all of the beautiful love and the healing that's possible right here, right now, and to make mental health a conversation that's like, not this rigid, cold medical term, but a very like, we're human, we're normalizing being human. And we're going to talk about all the things and we're going to destigmatize all the things. Nothing is taboo. Nothing is off topics. We're out here. Okay. We out here. We love you. Thank you for being on this journey with us. And if you guys like this conversation, we would love if you could rate and review us on whatever platform you're on, whether it's Apple podcast, Spotify, if you're on YouTube, Um, and also make sure to hit subscribe to us on whatever platform you're on. This is how the algorithm picks us up and allows us to really spread the word. And you can also feel free to send this conversation to anyone who, who you think might benefit from it. You know, this is a collective effort for collective healing and collective evolution, as you'll hear in this amazing conversation with Sarah, who I love so much. All right, you guys. And with that, let's take in a deep breath. And tune in. We open up ourselves for whatever messages want to come through, calling in our higher self, calling in the energy of the collective, calling in the energy of what wants to be co-created right now. 
in this talk and on our planet. We open ourselves up fully as vessels for any communication that wants to happen, for anything that wants to be channeled, for any messages that want to be disseminated. We root ourselves in, we ground ourselves in, we open up our hearts, we open up our minds, we open up our throats. The portal is now open. Sarah. <laughs> oh, we can't hear you. You're muted. I was deep in meditation. <laughs> Sarah. Welcome to Pretty Mental. Oh my God. This is a long time coming. My gosh. You guys, Sarah and I work together. I work for Sarah, but it doesn't feel like that kind of dynamic. It feels like we work together. So that's what I'm going to say. Sarah is the CEO, the fearless founder of Conscious Conversion, and I'll let you dive into it a little bit deeper, but I just want to give my little intro because we are, you mean so fucking much to me and I love you so much. And we just have such a history together, even though we've only known each other since 2021. Um, I met Sarah when I first moved. So the OG Pretty Mental listeners will remember when I first moved to LA and I was looking for a new job, a new place. I didn't have anything, but I was just like, I made a statement to the universe that I was going to stay. And I made a statement that I was going to find everything that I found here was going to be completely aligned to where I was at that time. I found myself in a new level of expansion. I had had like back-to-back spiritual awakening moments and deep heart opening moments where I just knew I wanted something different. And I wanted to feel and be in a space that felt super aligned to what was happening inside. And then I got connected with Sarah and for YouTube people who are looking at her right now, this is how she popped up on my zoom, literally that background. And I'm like, Oh yeah, this is it. (laughs) You're like, not in an office. You're not in four walls. Like let's talk. (laughs) And we literally fell in love within like five seconds of speaking to each other. And we found out Sarah and I are both Scorpio moons, cancer risings. And it's so prevalent in our relationship. We like talk about having existential crises like every other hour as deep ass <laughs> Scorpio moons. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just so happy that you're here. I think you are a freaking amazing person. And I'm so excited because I want the world to know you. And I feel like the world should know you because you are such a fierce spirit and a fierce human who I feel like has come to earth to, to show a lot and to be a light for a lot of people. And now we get to bring you into the pretty mental community. Woo! So let me stop. Stop, because I literally could keep going. I'm your number one fan. I tell you this all the time. I'm your Um, number one fan. (laughs) Okay, tell us who is Sarah? Who is Sarah? Give us some info, and then tell us about your your mental health journey that brought you to where you are today. All right. Who am I? It's always a question, right? Like it's the ongoing eternal divine question. Who am I? I am. Um, (laughs) So I am a mother of a wonderful seven-year-old boy named Indy, who you know very well and who loves you so much. I um, 
And he was on I the podcast. <laughs> and he was, I just, I just gotta, I gotta just put that in there. If y'all have heard OG listeners, when I was in Costa Rica, he popped in and said, hello. Okay. Let me <laughs> let you continue. He beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, yeah, I live in the jungle of Costa Rica. I moved down here in 2019. I'm telling my story backwards. I moved down here in 2019, right before all the, you know, what hit the fan. Um, I let's okay. Now I'm going to try to start at the beginning ish. I have undergraduate degrees in anthropology and women's studies. I was determined to like learn about the world and make it a better place from a very, very young age. Um, and I got a master's in social work policy. I worked in the federal government because I, I thought that was where I could have the biggest impact. Um, and then in 2012, I basically was so done with beige cubicles and sitting in concrete boxes, looking at boxes of light all day. Um, and so I packed up my car and drove to California. It's 2012. It was pre-mom days. Um, and drove out to California and embarked on a, on a new adventure. Um, and then, you know, life happened. I ended up moving back all over the place. I've been all over the place. Um, moving back to Atlanta. It's so funny because we both have California and Atlanta in our lives. Um, and at some point in all of this process, I started working in digital marketing. After leaving my federal policy career, I started, I, I jumped into like coaching, life coaching, um, which then got me into online business world, which then got me into digital marketing world, which then got me um, working in at a digital marketing um, company at an agency and realizing that I actually really was quite competent at the digital marketing, but I absolutely loved the idea of of um, amplifying messages that I thought were going to transform the world and using marketing as a conduit for change in the world. And it was fun and it was something that I could take on the road that I could go anywhere with it and just work from my laptop. So I started my own agency conscious conversion um, actually it used to be called resonate with Sarah. Now it's called conscious conversion in 2018. Um, because I wanted to create the digital marketing agency for the new paradigm. I wanted to run a team differently than I'd ever seen before. I wanted to, you know, um, work with clients that I really believed in. And I wanted it all to feel like a, this, you know, collaborative, everybody wins sort of situation, leveraging our tools of social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, and the over 2 billion people that are, that are on there. Um, in order to help create a tipping point or, or um, critical mass for a real change in the world. And yeah, and then I popped on down to Costa Rica. Wow. <laughs> so much fire. Mm -hmm. That is a fiery course through life. Mm -hmm. And it continues. <laughs> and I like, let's talk about along the that trajectory like your your the journey to i mean i don't even know how to ask you questions because i know you so deeply that i'm like swimming in the water with you typically with like yeah i'm like where do we let's talk about like the mental health part of that too right yeah. so like yeah i feel like i that's the, the, that telling sort of a little snippet of my life story kind of um segues nicely into that because in order to make really big changes in your life like i do in order to to have the courage or the wherewithal to jump off a cliff like I tend to do, you have to, I would imagine you have to be in situations that don't feel very good, 
right? You almost have to find yourself in a state of anxiety or depression or dissatisfaction or what have you and feel like this burn, this like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Um, or, you know, I was just realizing recently, like I was telling a friend of mine, I, um, I feel kind of exhausted. And she's like, yeah, what? And, and oh, I said something about how exhaustion leads to surrender and non-attachment, which is the ultimate goal. Surrender and non-attachment is what we're all like, want, like really wanting to cultivate. And I said, well, I kind of feel like I have no choice now because I'm just exhausted. And she said, you're exhausted from trying to control things. So I feel like the mental health journey is that, that, that cyclical pattern that happens of like, you know, feeling like really dissatisfied with the situation and then making a big shift, going through a transformation, alchemizing all of that energy that you had and, and then, you know, jumping off the cliff and learning that you have wings and you can fly. Um, so I've had a lot of that in my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. You've had a lot of that. And it fully, one of the things that we wanted to talk about with, um, Okay, let me backtrack for a second, actually, before we even dive into that. One of the things that I, I love so much about you is that this thing that you say, weave with what is. And to me, that's such like a motto for life. It's become one of my motto for life. So we're, you know, when we're jumping off these big cliffs and we get to these levels of just pure exhaustion or, you know, depression, which I see depression now as like my spirit being like, there's, we need more. Exactly. beyond a chemical thing. It's like, Hey, we've, we've gone stagnant. You, we need to let more life come in. Some, something new has to come in. Um, and something that you say is weave with what is. And I remember you said that to me when we did our Wachuma ceremony. Um, we talked about that, the, the cactus ceremony here, here, um, on pretty mental when, when things were kind of like, they were just like, really, they were going weird. They were going a little sideways and you kept saying, you know, like weave with what is weave. or I don't know if you physically said it, but I had you in my mind saying this to me. And we began co-creating with every single thing that was happening in front of us. And when we are able to do that and you are such like a light for, for that, then we're able to really co-create what wants to happen in that moment. Right. So like mm. when we get presented with these things that are super fucking scary and just too much to handle and we're exhausted and we're like, what is happening right now? This is a massive contraction in life that weave with what is that you say, you know, we can weave with whatever is happening in life, not trying to change it. And then that always, it always does. It turns into our next expansion because we finally surrender and we're saying to the universe, like, okay, you, this is not by mistake. Like, let me work with what you've brought me and let's, let's seize this as the opportunity that it is. Absolutely. I mean, the plant medicines certainly help with having these kinds of insights. It makes them really visceral and experiential, but I, I, I tend to look at the world as if it wants to be beautiful. I look at life as if it wants to be beautiful. I look at the universe as if it wants to be beautiful and by beautiful, I mean, kind of organized and and like a sacred geometry that's just gorgeous and organized and, and perfect and it's okay when it's not perfect it means it needs to reorganize into a new shape and so whenever you like push on it, when you're trying to control things and you're not weaving with what is when you're like pushing on the sides of that of that sacred geometry then it goes into chaos and all the everything kind of falls down and it just gets crazy but if you can actually just kind of get out of the way and dance with it and weave with whatever is happening in that in that moment then everything can fall into place into perfection 
and or damn near close. And it doesn't matter where you start at. And believe me, I have to convince myself of this, as you know, every single day. <laughs> but it doesn't always feel like like it's possible. And it, sometimes it feels like, oh, it's too far gone now. I've gone too far down the rabbit hole. I can't get back. At, there's no way that the sacred geometry can find perfection now. I fucked it all up. <laughs> um, and yet still, there's infinite possibility. If you fully surrender, there's infinite possibility for for um, everything to fall back into place. So what do you go ahead, Paula? And it starts with, I imagine that you experienced this, Sarah, with allowing whatever feelings are coming up mm. about what's happening. Right. Um, because I think it's so easy to get distracted by the, like what needs to be done out here in order, in order to feel better and in order for the whole thing to look more organized that we forget to actually like start at the origin of that, whatever pattern is being created with it, which is which in, within each of us and allowing whatever feeling is there to exist without resisting it. Mm-hmm. And, and I know we actually wanted to talk to you about parenting. So I feel like that weaves really nicely into that conversation. Um, because I feel like you know, as a therapist, a huge part of the work I do is just helping people learn non-resistance to their internal experience, Mm. which is something that has the resistance or internal experience is something that has been passed on from generation to generation of humans. I don't know if our species, I think our speed, I don't know what was going on like thousands of years before necessarily, but I feel like our species is only just now learning to allow like this consciousness movement that's happening to allow the emotional experiences to exist. And that's going to show in the way that parenting evolves moving forward, because so many of us end up spending our adult years trying to undo the conditioning of the generations past, which said like, you're wrong for feeling what you feel and raising children and a population of humans was all about controlling them and making them obedient rather than allowing them to express and allowing them to unfold. Totally. Yeah. Um, so one of my main sort of ways that I parent is total transparent communication and acceptance. Um, and I'm not perfect. That's for damn sure. And I talk to him about uh, how I'm not perfect. That's for damn sure, (laughs) you know, because there is that transparent communication and I allow that from him to not allow in the parenting way. I mean, allow for like surrender to, um, for his fullest expression as well. In fact, um, we were watching a movie the other night. I can't remember what it's called, but it has this kid who's 12 and he's this rebel. He's really smart and he's this rebellious kid and he's got a single mom and he's being a little bit sort of, um, there's time travel in this movie and his older self is around and he's being a little bit rude to his mom, but he's so cool. And his mom obviously loves him. And this kid reminded me so much of Indy and I'm watching it with Indy and Indy was super fascinated by this kid. And, um, I remember telling Indy, you remind me of this kid and you know why it's because you're a rebel and I love that you're a rebel. I love that about you. I love that you question everything and that you tell, you tell people no, and you do whatever you want. Just always be kind to mommy. (laughs) 
just trust mommy, be kind to mommy, because that's what the lesson is of this movie anyway. But otherwise, just be fully who you are. Mm. Yeah, it's so powerful hearing you talk about the sacred geometry of of the universe and how, you know, your career trajectory and <clears throat> being able to move weave with what is in a way that allows you to create new things in 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 an organized manner to some extent. Um, yeah, it just makes me think about like how we try to do that so much in the outer world, but we don't try to do it in the inner world first. Right. And like mm. the, the patterns start here and then they weave out. So that's it's powerful that that you're able to do that with your son and for um, you know, parents that are cultivating consciousness and their own emotional health journey are able to pass that on. It's so cool though, because also kids are our teachers. I remember when he was a toddler or just out of toddlerhood, he was really young and he was bawling in the backseat of the car about something. And I was frustrated, not just with him, but with life in general. And I remember telling him, oh my God, I, and I was driving and I was like, stop crying. Um, Cause we're all guilty of this. Just wait until you're a parent, if you ever will be. And it's, <laughs> you can't help yourself every oh, once in a while. Sure. You're like, ah! <laughs> so he's like screaming and crying. And I just say, stop crying. And he, he's, he looks at me. I, I look back at him. I'm stopped a second. And I look back at him and he says, mom, I can't just stop crying. It's not possible. Mm. I have to cry to get it out. And mm. I was like, you are so right. Oh my God. Like, thank you keep crying. Wow. Oh. 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 <laughs> it's it's he's such a magical child. And I spent yeah. a month with him living mm -hmm. with him. And, and some nights just me and him where he would just, it was just me hanging out or like I was being a grandma and couldn't go out at night. And <laughs> he is like, I remember having like, full on like adults, the conversations, not talking about like very adult things, but in the sense where he would be, he would ask me questions kind of like, why, why are you doing that? You know? And I know how you talk to him. So I've, I've like learned how to be like that as well. And I want to be like that. And I told you, I'm like, if I have kids, like I am, you're literally going to be like right there <laughs> because you know, I'm so used to before you, I'm so used to seeing like when kids would be like, why, why are you doing that? Parents would be like, because like don't ask questions kind of thing like this is what mm. adults do why you know you just go be a little kid and I see you with Indy and he'll say like well why are you doing that and you'll full on even if it's something that he's not fully even going to comprehend you you take your time you stop you look at him you're present and you're like oh well I'm doing that because a b c and d and da, 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 da. and then he from there he like will ask maybe another question or he'll be like he'll lose interest because he'll see uh, I don't really understand that but yeah. it's, it's, he is empowered the entire way through to feel like a fully intelligent human who deserves the respect and the attention and the presence. And it has nothing to do with his age. Yeah. Thank you so much for seeing that. And it's so funny because I didn't, I mean, okay. So I did like pay attention a little bit to parenting philosophies while I was pregnant or and stuff. But once I had Indy, I was full on just doing it my own way. And I'm so grateful that it seems to be working so far. He's seven. Um, and the beautiful thing about communicating with our children this way, at least in my experience, which is only a sample of one, um, he 
is intrinsically motivated to do the right thing. He has really high integrity. He's still a rebel. He's still himself in all ways. Um, he still questions everything. And I love that about him. And yet he's intrinsically motivated to have integrity, to, to tell me everything, to ask me for things. He would not, I really, again, he's young, but it's, it's hard for me to imagine him lying to me ever really, or at least for it to last more than a few minutes because we have this, because I have done my best to cultivate a deep intimacy. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think an appropriate one, uh, just a, like a, a level of communication that, um, almost necessitates um, just total, almost total transparency. I mean, at least I guess until a certain age, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. It's amazing because you make nothing taboo too. So he doesn't feel the need to go out and rebel because there's these lingering questions or shame, right? When people have shame and it spills out sideways and they start doing things that are just super out of integrity with who their soul is, but you allow him to be every single part of himself so he can act in a very aligned way. And I remember when I was hanging out with him and he would ask me questions like, I don't know, I, I can't remember a specific conversation, but like when he was like, why, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm about to, you know, do a podcast and he'd be like, well, why are you doing a podcast? What's a podcast? And I'm like, okay, let me sit down and like actually have this conversation with him. And then at the end, he's like, okay. And then the next time he'll see me, he's like, oh, she's doing her, but he like, he's, she's doing her podcast and we can have an actual conversation. And by keeping him in the loop of all these things, and we can just continue to have a conversation where it adds so much harmony because now he understands what's happening. Now he has a chance to be in, in it with you. Absolutely. That's a, you just described exactly what I was trying to describe a moment ago. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So then it was, if, if mommy's working uh, and I explained to him exactly what I'm doing and why I need like space right now, and he really gets it. He's like, Oh, okay. Got it. Then I'll give you space. He's not going to whine about it because he like, he's in it with me. Mm -hmm. Fully. And then if there's these, I remember when we came back and did combo and we had like these little, you know, for those who didn't listen, combo is a, um, a toad frog medicine. Is it frog? It's a frog, not a toad. That one's a frog. Yeah. A frog where, it, um, go back and listen to our podcast, but it's like, a they like burn, <laughs> they burn little openings inside of your skin and they put the, the venom of the frog and then it, you know, it scabs up. And I, he, we met up with, we met up with, and he's just like, uh, we hang with him now. We're just, just chilling. <laughs> we're just chilling. We came back and we were hanging out with him and he's like, Oh, what is that? And we were fully like, Oh, this is combo. This is a frog medicine. And he's like frog medicine. What does that mean? And you just had a very calm, a regular conversation with him about it. And at then he was like, Oh, okay. Right. Whereas like you think about parents who like, no, you don't even say the word marijuana. Don't even say the word, any of this stuff. Like we can't, then all of a sudden they hit a certain age and they're like, Ooh, there's that thing that I'm not supposed to know about that. I'm going to like, now it's going to like go into my shadows and I'm going to spill out. It's going to spill out sideways. It's going to go wrong. This brings up another interesting part of my and Indy's life. And that is that his dad is openly um, diagnosed with bipolar disorder with psychosis and he um he very much loved psychedelics for a long time and marijuana um and they contributed to his psychosis and so at some point in indy's life i'm gonna need to have a conversation with him i don't feel like i need to yet until it becomes more relevant but at some point in his life i'm gonna need to have a conversation with him when he's wanting to try some of these plant medicines that he's seen me partake in and i'm gonna be like okay so here's the context from which you come because some people will say that these things are genetic right 
these are the, th this is the context with, you know, you get to make a decision about what you want to do with this information, but here's some information about your, your lineage and our, you know, both parents love the, the, the spiritual journey. <laughs> and sometimes um, it has created a, you know, a, a loss of what we call the shared reality. Um, but I think that I still stand by that the loss of the shared reality is largely because we live in a fucked up world that doesn't um, lend itself to a natural way of being. Like the people who lose touch with a, our shared reality are probably the shamans. Mm. Mm -hmm. So Indy's got shaman blood for sure. <laughs> oh, he totally has shaman blood. <laughs> if y'all knew him. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's powerful to, um, to be able to engage with children from such a conscious place and that hopefully we can engage with our, with ourselves, with our inner children mm. in a similar place. Cause I think a lot of like the emotional, I guess, atrophy that I see in the world, which is people not being able to hold space for their own emotions is because of that passing on of like, oh, I don't know how to hold your emotions, like shut them down. Right. And then we don't know how to do it. So like just hearing you talk about Indy and um, how well he responds to all of that, to me, it's just such a potent reminder of that. We all have that inner child inside of us. We all have that sensitivity inside of us. And if we can take that conscious parenting approach to our own inner world, that can help organize our inner experience in such a way that then we have more resilience for going out and trying new things and, mm. and opening up new spaces of the world for ourselves while having that inner stability of like, I can be at peace with my inner world. I don't have to fight it and I don't have to control it. I can just kind of hold space for it and consciously engage with it. I love it. Conscious parenting our, our own inner children. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's fully there. They are so fully tied. Mm -hmm. They're so fully tied together. And I'm tempted to, to take like a slight divergence into asking you, Sarah, because this is such a rich part. This is who you are. Um, I want to talk about like, what, what drives you? Like, what, it, what did you come here to do? What is like the, the thing that literally you cannot let go of that love your, your evolution. Like, where are you headed? Who is Sarah? Bring in this part. You know, I, at a really young age, I started, I've got this, the same spirit that Indy does and his dad does too, which is this little rebellious spirit that, and I, but by rebel, I don't mean just saying no for the sake of saying no, it means like questioning everything. And I remember at a really young age, I was um, like 12, I became obsessed with Tori Amos because I just, I heard this song of hers that was not popular on the radio for obvious reasons. And it was a, her playing the piano and singing about um, masturbation in church. And I was like, fuck yeah, man, this is what it's all about. Not that I'm gonna run to church and start getting off, but that she, you know, that, that we, that there was this like, I, re I refuse to believe that sexuality isn't sacred. I refuse to um, adhere to the dogma that's imposed upon me. And I was raised in a Southern Baptist town in Southern Missouri. And so it was very much like, you know, Christian, uh, you know, fundamentalist Christianity. And, you know, you go to work your 40 hours to 60 hours per week, you pay your taxes. And 
So it started with, you know, that stuff. And then I remember later on, like late adolescence, early adulthood being like, what is with all this paperwork? It just doesn't seem right to me. Like, and just like in a constant state of questioning our systems. And I stayed in the system. I worked for the federal government for God's sake in like high level bureaucracy in Atlanta, Georgia, CDC, um, and still was in this state of questioning things and yet doing it from that vantage point within the system. And then um, I, I don't know fully yet why I, I stayed in that for so long, but I suspect it's because I need to understand it in order to help dismantle it. And I'm not talking about dismantling the federal government, although I'm not mad at that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the old systems, the financial systems, the, the old ways of parenting, um, at least for the last hundreds, if not thousands of years, a couple thousand years, um, institutions, corporations, like I feel like all of those systems have got to fall away or, or transform tremendously, um, you know, if we're to survive and thrive on this planet. And I feel like where I'm most lit up is helping us figure out what to build instead. And this is, I relate with you. This is like, I think the, the, the thing that we just like, why we see so eye to eye is because it's the same thing. My dad used to call me a rebel without a cause when I was growing up. And then like, finally I started having causes where I would question literally everything, everything. I would get rules and I would be like, but you're not God. I don't understand. Like, I can't comprehend why that's a thing if you're not God, you know what I mean? And yeah. I see this in you too, where we're like, with you, it is even the way that you run your agency, conscious conversion. Like it's never, we don't just do things because this is the way that it's always been done. We are fully awake and aware to where the planet is moving towards. Like, what does the planet need at this time? It needs deep revolution. Yeah. It needs the systems have to change. And you question all of that and you created an entire agency where we're, I mean, we do digital marketing on the outside and it is on the inside, but there's a way deeper component to this of fully coming back and questioning the way that all of these things are done because we know that the world has to change. It just has to, it can't keep, we're running on, on, on like fumes right now as a yeah. society. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a debt system in all sorts of ways. <laughs> so what do you want to, what do you want to create, Sarah? Huh, well, I want to live in the questions. I want to live in, I don't know that, um, I, I, I definitely don't have all the answers, but my favorite pastime is having spiritual philosophical conversations under the stars, the glass of wine and a good spliff. Like I, that's, I want to live in the questions and I want to collaboratively, collaboratively build it together and, and experiment and try something new and then pivot and try something else. And, um, I like being in those conversations. I'm not the, the one who's going to probably, I don't know, this could change, but I'm not the expert in a particular subject matter. Generally speaking, marketing, I'm, I'm more than competent at because I've been doing it for a while, but like, I don't have subject subject matter expertise as a lot of my colleagues do like permaculture, for instance, or crypto. I like to have the conversations and build the platforms where people can have those conversations and to um, and to theorize about what could work and then um, help to embody that and embody that myself. For instance, 
we're creating something new right now in collaboration and Valentina's in it too. We're creating um, with a couple of friends, Amanda Johnson and Clint Brown, something called Awaken Village. And it's a virtual village for conscious creators and thought leaders of the new paradigm for spiritual entrepreneurs. Um, for all of us to start living in these questions together and building new ways of doing economics and new ways of doing business. Perhaps we'll talk about parenting. Perhaps we'll talk about relationships, but like really, really living in those questions. And I also, because I think that the economics of it, for instance, I've been running this digital marketing agency and in order to pay my team really, really, you know, well, how I want to pay them, which I still don't feel like I pay them as well as I would like to, um, I have to charge a certain rate, right? Like that money has to come from somewhere. So I have to have high ticket prices for my clients in order to pay the team and pay for the operations. And the higher ticket I go, often I end up pricing out a lot of the people who are doing the amazing work in the world, who are doing the permaculture work, who are doing um, the community building, who are doing some, some of the deepest thought leadership. Many of the thought leaders do have the finances for that, but many do not. And I want to create a system where those people still get the service. They, they still get to have their book published, even though they don't have tens of thousands of dollars to, to put into it or a deal from a major publisher. They still can have their messages brought into the world and spread, you know, as much as possible to the billions of people on the planet. Um, I want to create some sort of collaborative structure like that. And I am creating that with my with a little help <laughs> from all of our collaborative friends. I love that because it's like uh, creating a culture of people who are not afraid to question. Yeah. And that's mm. so important because so much of the, I, the stuckness and the stagnancy and the pain that I, I see in the world around me is, is that fear of questioning. It's like, this is the tradition. This is how it's been done. The, there's a timeline. There's things that you have to follow. And if I don't fit into that, I'm not enough. And it's a very kind of like narrow frame of mind that isn't letting a lot of people manifest the truest expression of their soul. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. And this is a place where we can all be together. I mean, it's lonely being an entrepreneur or a solopreneur. It can, it can be super lonely, especially if you're questioning the major paradigms. Mm -hmm. You know, a few like several years ago, the the top online entrepreneurs were the were the paradigm shifters because we were moving to um, you know an online digital world, and now even those folks need to be questioned in how they do things, and the structures and the economics that they that they have. I'm really I love crowdfunding and crowdsourcing. I love it. I love it when I see that entire projects are funded with a little little bits from lots of people. I love the idea of of um, I, I've, I've reframed pay what you can because it sounds so scarcity mindset to give what you will. I want people to be able to give freely from their hearts joyfully um, and be able and because they're giving from their hearts joyfully, they can receive fully mm -hmm. um, and receive ser services or whatever the energetic exchange is. That's the kind of economics I wish that the world would move towards. Mm, I love that give from your heart joyfully so you can receive fully. Mm -hmm. And it's super possible. Cause when we think of like Vipassana retreats, for example, 
they the food is so good. I literally will just go for the food. Oh, but you, so good. Oh, so good. And you go and you meditate for a hundred hours essentially, and it's run by staff and it's clean and they have amenities and they have and it's in a beautiful location and all of the ingredients are healthy and you go for free for ten days. You're held for free in a space where you can go and transform. And when you leave, if all you have is a penny, then give your penny. If you don't have a penny and all you can give is your love and your energy, then give that. And this has been running for a while, but Pasan retreats and they keep going and going and going and going and going because it actually, you, you show that like transformation will create abundance. And when you can create a community of people who are actually willing to show up for themselves and do this in community and create life transforming work, it, it, the, the product continues to it's, it's going to stay and it's going to continue to build. And when you are an entrepreneur and you are on the path where you are questioning everything, where you, you, cause to leave the corporate world takes a lot of guts because when you're in a corporate system, you have a very consistent pay. You have a consistent healthcare. You have consistent, a lot of consistency and like safety, quote unquote. But for people like me and you, we start dying, like literally dying inside where the, the depression comes because we know like it just, this isn't it. And, and it's hard to accept that this is all that this beautiful earth that we've been given has to offer. Like there has to be another way. And I have this passion inside of me and I have, but you're telling me that I have to show up at nine and leave at five and, and, and And it's dark already by five 30 and I'm supposed to be in this concrete box all day long. Right. And I'm supposed to build someone else's brand that has nothing to do with the things that I fully believe in. Right. Like I have these deeper values. And so then we, we left that, we left that. And then it, and then taking that jump, you know, you choose your hard, you choose which hard you're going to take because entrepreneur, like what we do, even though it's an agency, we still very much function like entrepreneurs. Oh yeah. Oh. And it's, it's, it has its own challenges. And yeah. you're so in it with me <laughs> Thank you. and I'm, I'm in it with you. And we see it because we want to build something better and we want for ourselves and for everyone around us. And we want to amplify the voices of people who are here to do great work, whether it's, you know, breath work or therapy or their coaches, or they're doing permaculture or whatever it is. And people who do question that stuff and they do leave the corporate world, not saying that, you know, if you are in the corporate world and that's, you feel good, then great stay. But yeah. if you're not, you, you, you need a community. You need a community of people who are quote unquote crazy, just like you. So you don't feel like you're doing, you're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? You know, you need other people who are like, no, no, no. Like there is more for us here and we're not going to stop until we get it and that we can do this together, but we have to reframe the entire way that we think and reframe what we are, or really choose what we want out of this life. Is it to stay in this like very linear timeline doing things for other people? Or is it finally like getting, like squeezing the juice out of this life? I mean, I'll take the latter for sure. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing with, with the village. Yeah. You know, fully creating a space where people can have that community and and just build what they want to build together and have the space of other people who are building it and actually making it happen. Because the thing with a lot of creators is they, they get stuck because a lot of us are artists. We need, we need a community and we need help from other people to help us see our blind spots. 
and the technicalities of, of actually building that brand. Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, something that one of my favorite, um, people or one of my favorite persons, (laughs) my words are getting all mixed up, but Alexander James, um, a good friend of mine. Oh yeah. He was on Sarah. I just had him on the podcast. Oh Oh, my God. I love him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a fascinating thinker. I just thought of him too. While Valentina was talking with funny. Oh, really? I'll take that as a compliment because I fucking (laughs) love him. Yeah. Yeah. He popped in. Um, something he always says to me is there's only one of us here. Mm. And I'm like, that's so, it's so trippy, but like, it's so real. It's so real. And so much of what I, it's, and there's 8 billion of us in this moment. It's right. Like there's 8 billion totally unique individuals in this moment. And then billions, billions of billions from the past and the future. Yeah. So Crazy. many different manifestations of, of life energy, but we're all, we are all that, that life energy. So, so much of what I'm hearing from you and Valentina is this um, mentality of collaboration, mm-hmm. which makes all the sense in the world because we're doing it together. We're here together. If we can build together and, and not view each other as competition, but rather collaborators. I think that's that's a really beautiful world to live in. And, and that's abundance mentality. And just like tying it back to like mental health, which my brain always does, right? Um, is that so much of anxiety, what we consider to be anxiety is really scarcity mindset. Totally. Yeah. So if we can open up to like, there is no comp, like we don't need to compete. There's enough for all of us here. We can collaborate and build each other up like that immediately that guardedness, that need for control immediately starts melting away. I feel like this is what I want to see happening in this new earth, new paradigm is, and I see it in my community, virtual and, you know, physical in real life. Um, is this collaborative sense of, of, like I said before, of like giving joyfully, receiving fully. And whether that means a free place to crash for a little while while you figure your stuff out. And then that person, the person, you know, is so joyful and having you there because they know that they have received something like that in recent past. And it's just this like beautiful thing where we're all just really joyfully helping one another. And like, I tell Valentina, cause she helps me with my newsletter. I'm like, whenever you have breath work, please blast it to my people in the newsletter. Whenever you're do- like, I don't know if it's going to work or not. Like, I don't know who's opening all my emails, but if they are, I want them to see you. And, you know, like, I just like, when I really love somebody and believe in somebody and love what they do, it's like, I'll, I want to shout them from the rooftops. And I just feel like we could con- continue to expand the community of people who want to shout each other from the rooftops. And we all have access to different audiences. Mm. Yes. Yes. That's better than, I mean, I don't want to shit on Facebook and Instagram ads. Cause that's, what's been my livelihood for the last several years, but I, this is so much better than that. Like this model of us just being each other's uh, cheerleaders and raving fans and ambassadors and crowdfunders, like sounds like epic fun. Mm-hmm. 
the biggest lie we've ever been told is that we need to do it on our own and that we have competition and that we've got a, you know, the secrets of success where we, we, you know, uh, I can't let them know what I'm doing. Cause what if they do that and they do better and they get more? No, that's like the biggest lie that so many of us have to reprogram ourselves to do. I have someone with, with a new friend that I met who does breath work. And we'll speak every week and I give her all my things that are working and she'll tell me all her things that are working. You live in a really big city. There's room for at least two. I'm like, you come know? on. <laughs> but like, and, and yeah. imagine like creating a crew yeah. where you're in a space where maybe you do the same thing as a few other people there. Maybe they have another way of thinking that they can, you know, you've got blind spots from your industry that they can be like, well, I do this in my industry. Maybe overlay that onto your industry and see how that works. Well, and, and ultimately what we want to do is optimize the impact of breath work. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if, if this new friend has some special thing that when you give her, when you input your information and she lights it up with her information, and then suddenly there's this most impactful breath work thing mm -hmm. ever. And then she, and then you are able to embody that as well. And this just like this give and take, like, ultimately that's what we want to do. We want the most optimal outcome. We want the sacred geometry of beauty. And we all want to input um, whatever our divine individual component of that is. Yes. Yeah, when did we get so warped on like, was it celebrity culture, God culture, guru? Like when, when did we think that like we, you know, cause as you're speaking, I'm like, may, maybe why a lot of us feel competition is because we're like, no, I am for breath work. For example, I am the holder of breath work, you know? <laughs> Instead of like, I have this thing that I am deeply passionate about because it literally changed my life that I like, I want to just like give, 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 give and spread it like wildfire. This I'm just a vessel. This has nothing to do with me. So I'm not attached to being the face of this thing. I am attached to being one of the vessels and spreading that in every single way and checking myself whenever scarcity mindset comes through that I am the only one that can do this. And checking myself when I think, no, the way that I'm going to make a living or the kind of money that I want off of this is only if I, I'm, I'm the one that does it. How can we reframe ourselves and well, re, reframe ourselves into a space where we're like, no, abundance will come by opening our hearts fully to whatever way this wants to come through beyond me, beyond, way beyond me. This is not about mm -hmm. me or anyone else. Right. That's why I love that that phrase of there's only one of us here that humbles you down very quickly. It's yeah. like, oh, I thought this was all about me and my little career. And it's like, no, I'm really just a vessel through which this information is flowing for consciousness to manifest itself in the way that it feels most delighted by. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I love the paradox of of I am nothing and I am everything. There's only like like just like there's, there's one of me and there's 8 billion people in the world. And, you know, in some ways like that, just, you know, that kind of, it's extremely humbling and in another way, but when you become a conduit for the divine and you realize that also you are a divine goddess, it's like, you get to hold both. You get to hold, I, I am humble and I am, um, my ego is, is put aside because I know that like, you know, I'm just a small piece of the large picture and I am divine and I am mm. God incarnate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. That, that paradox is very powerful to, to, to dance between. Like, can mm. we exist in a space where it's not, it's either about me or it's about you. 
can we exist in a space that it's about me and it's about you? Like, mm-hmm. let's fucking win together. All of us, literally every single one of us can. And we think about the majority, I don't know the numbers on this, but I know that they're crazy, that the people who hold the most amount of wealth, it's like the tiniest little group. And then the rest of us are just like trying to figure out ways to make it and acting in competition with each other in order to become one of those bigger people. What if we could shift that into like, whoa, 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 we're thinking about this all wrong. Can we rise mm-hmm. together? All of us, where every single one of us is going to have what we need. And it's not, and, and by doing that, we're not going to just all live like nice enough lives or like mediocre lives where we just have our basic needs met. It's like, no, we can, and we can thrive. We're going to have really good lives and every single one of us can have that. And well, you know, to, to speak back to like your original question that you were asking about, um, what started this, like the scarcity mindset of like, why are me or you, and is the celebrity culture or any of that? I, I would say it goes back to just the fact that we're half animal, have higher consciousness, that our bodies are very much rooted in this instinctive drive for survival. And when we have experienced survival mode or we have experienced scarcity, then when you get a little bit, you want to hold on to it because you're afraid it's not going to come back. Like the trauma of having been in scarcity experiences, like tends to wire our nervous system into wanting to hold on to whatever little bit we get. And that actually it, it keeps us from experiencing the unfolding of our life and the unfolding of our like evolution. There's actually studies that, um, where they've done a lot of studies on primates where they have shown that in humans, they showed this in humans too, that we will extend, expend a significant amount more energy on holding on to what we already have than we will on getting something new. That's why it takes so much courage there to move the way that you do, which is like getting something and then being like, nah, fuck this. I'm going to build something entirely new. And you have to be able to regulate the hell out of your nervous system to be able to do that. Because in order to create anything greater than what you currently have, you have to literally feel like you're dying. You're basically speaking to the last year of my life. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So it's that, I think just like in every moment (laughs) we have, yeah, I mean, that's the, I mean, the fact that you keep like creating new things, I think you just, you become a master at being comfortable or like having a higher tolerance for discomfort. I don't know if we ever get comfortable with discomfort, but we learn our nervous system capacity expands to hold it in more and more masterful ways. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You are like a queen jumping off. I mean, you're a single mother living in the jungle, running an entire agency. And y'all know who has listened to this. Y'all know how crazy the Wi-Fi situation is in Costa Rica. (laughs) Because when I was there, y'all heard every single complaint and we barely even could record podcasts when I was there. So like, but you have this spirit that refuses to let go of what you know is possible. That's probably true. You're, <laughs> and, you're the and, you're the outlier in those primate studies. <laughs> I see it because I am it. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. we are fully one with this where it's like, like you got to take me down fucking fighting <laughs> in order for me to fall in line. Yeah. And, and this oh, is not yeah. about, I don't think I'm even capable of that. I don't even know. Stuff. <laughs> fully. I'm like, I'm fully, fully one of those people that, uh, like we were burned at the stake. If we were witches. Like we, we fully were because it's, it's, my dad, I was speaking to him the other day and he's like, you have a soul that is just committed to transcendence. <laughs> and I'm like, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> it's ex- like, why am I like this? And I mean, you know, he was like kind of kidding because I'm not actually trying to transcend, but I'm, tr- I just, I refuse to believe that I came here to, to do what I've been told And because what I've been told is like killing my spirit. I have a knowing, like a cellular knowing that I am supposed to thrive and create spaces for people to thrive as well. And it's the same with you. It's the same with you. Like we can't as much, sometimes I'm like, can I just fucking like be someone who just like does the human thing? You come here, you work, you do the thing. I know. I mean, there have been so many times where I'm like, do I just get a job so that I don't have to go on this roller coaster of stress and have so much freaking responsibility on my shoulders? And then I'm like, what the fuck job would I get? Like, what's what's the job for me? Can I have it? Will somebody just pay me to have spiritual philosophy conversations all day long, please? Right. <laughs> somebody I'm will. Trying, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm working on creating something along those lines. <laughs> Because yeah. we know there's more. We know there's more. And also we know that it's, you know, super possible because when you, when you get into like a meditation, a meditative state, or you do plant medicine or whatever method you do to get you in a, a space where you've fully tapped into deeper consciousness, where you've let go of your body and you've fully become one, you know, one with you with whatever this is consciousness you have these knowings of like this this there's just there's more than this and once you tap into that you can't unsee that and you can't unfeel that and you carry that on your back you carry that on your fucking back everywhere you go when you're like i just can't yeah i just think consciousness wants constant evolution Oh, absolutely. It has to and like in our society, again, back to that animal instinct, like I got it. Let me hold on to it. Like that system worked, but we hold on to it. But because consciousness wants constant evolution, it creates mental health stuckness and disorders and depression and anxiety because everything in our life energy is moving towards evolution. And if we're resisting that, like, it's not, it's not natural. Like we're not flowing with the flow of life. Do you think there was a time getting back to Valentina's question? um, Do you think that there was a time when there wasn't the scarcity and there wasn't abundance and we didn't have that trauma that created that um, this dissonance? Or is this just part of being on the planet, no matter, no matter how evolved we become? I have no idea. I'm not enough of a historian to. Even if you were a historian, this would not be on the books. 
right? <laughs> like nobody, I, I, cause I'm, I majored in anthropology and women's studies. I'm obsessed with like ancient, okay, matriarch, yeah. ancient matriarchal cultures, if the, you know, and, and like Atlantis and Lemuria and these, like these mythological, um, civilizations that may or may not have existed. Um, and, and you know, the, the what context were the pyramids built in and what context were, were these ancient temples in South America built in? Um, and I just, I, I often wonder like what existed before, you know, the BC history that we know or that we've been taught. Um, and it's fascinating to me. I mean, I'm, you know, part of being on this planet is duality. Like there's no, I don't think there's any getting around that. And I think we just got to learn to dance with it. And that's the thing. Don't resist it. Learn to dance with the duality. Um, and I wonder if there was a, a period where we were able to dance with the duality with more grace. It's a, it's a fun thought. I would like to think that there was, cause it gives me hope for, for our capacity to like, okay, cool. Let's just go back there. Yeah. Um, who knows? I do know that I'm hopeful of this consciousness movement that's happening and that there are groups of people sprouting up around the world that are saying like, Hey, let's just evolve. Let's like, let's learn to burn, to like, let the fire of transformation burn us over and over again and die to ourselves over and over again so that we can let life flow the way that it wants to flow. Because I mean, like, what else are we going to do? We can try to resist it. And a lot of people do. That's why, like, there's so many systems, uh, but that's also why I believe a lot of people are unhappy. Mm. Right. Like, we don't, we don't have, and I come back to this, like, I don't have the answer. We don't have the answer, but we do know that there's another way. And we see a lot of people suffering and we, we are deeply in touch with our own suffering. So we're awake, we're awake to this. And while duality will always happen, if there is a way for us to lessen things that don't actually have to be happening right now, a lot of us don't need to be feeling the level of like massive isolation and pain and depression and anxiety that we're feeling. Duality can exist, but we don't need that. Like that's not necessary. Right. You know, then it's, it's, I don't know the answer, but I do know that it is, I have, I have felt what it feels like to not feel those things. And now it's like a duty of mine that I cannot get off my fucking back, but I have to start creating spaces for other people to wake up to their own hearts and wake up to their own conscious creator inside of them and their ability to fully thrive in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And with you too, you know, I mean, it's what we, what we're doing. And with Paula mm -hmm. too, what we're doing here, I'm pretty mental. I was going to say y'all, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. We can't let go of it. Just out here on the leading edge of burning ourselves, <laughs> ourselves <laughs> over and over again <laughs> to create new identities, blood, sweat, tears, and light. Yeah. Mm, I like that. Blood, sweat, tears, and light.com. <laughs> <laughs> right. New company. <laughs> so if people are curious and want to know more about the village that we spoke about if they're like they they want to dig in deeper and see if it's something that they'd be interested in how can they 
get more info. I'm going to be, thank you. I'm going to be talking about it a lot on my social medias, particularly my more personal one, which is resonate with Sarah. Um, there's also Awaken Village Press and Awaken Village on, on social media. We'll have to put all these in the notes somewhere. Um, but we're going to be talking about it a lot because it hasn't fully been built yet. Um, and I believe on May 18th, I don't know when this airs though. On May 18th, we're having a pre-launch party to talk about it. This airs um, this Monday, so we're good. Woo! All right, yeah. May 18th, y'all. Um, we're going to have some sort of a pre-launch party of, of sorts where people can come and ask questions and we'll get some more clarity out there. Um, but yeah, I would say just come to the to the social medias, resonate with Sarah, Conscious Conversion. Valentina might talk about it some on her social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's get this going. You know, I we're hungry to, and also it's super affordable. It's affordable. Oh my god! So yeah. so to be a villager, is, it's a it's a give what you will model the whole thing. But um, to be a villager is a dollar a day, and. There's so much, there's so much. I mean, if you want to know what the, the value exchange is, it's like, it's, it's beautiful. And Valentina is going to be a big part of it as well, leading breathwork sessions. And there will be, and Paula, if you'll, if you'll come, I'm sure that we could have some new paradigm mental health conversations, but there's, there's a lot, I think, to be um, explored and, and gained from being in the village. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really excited about it. I'm excited to see everyone who's going to be in it because, you know, some epic human beings, like epic human beings, people who, you know, I followed on Instagram and they were like my I was following them. Like, what do you have to say today? What do you like my spiritual mentors? And like if they get in the village, when they get in the village, I the it's epic. It's epic. I think the cool thing about this is that um, I think a lot of the people that are on the leading edge of challenging paradigms and that just don't feel comfortable with the herd and with what the general population is doing experience a lot of loneliness. Mm -hmm. And so the cool thing about experiences like this or, or groups like this or what the village is, is doing is that it doesn't matter where you are in the world, but you can find community, a community of people that are also wanting something different. And I think a lot of times we like just want to look around at what's right in front of us. And if like your neighbors don't offer it, then it's like, okay, I'm just going to be by myself then. But the internet now allows us to connect with people from all over the world and you can find community. You just have to let yourself lean into it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are, um, you know, sort of energetically the people that we hang out with the most right and so this is a place where you can hang out with other sacred rebels other people who are like you know sort of bucking the system and trying something new and you can run your we can run our ideas by each other like hey what if i were to decide to move to bali how could i make this work with my current you know job situation or does anybody have a get a role that i can play in their company so that i can become more remote and go live somewhere else like i feel like or how do i move even begin to think about living off grid and be having a more sovereign life like these, this is where we can have those conversations together. So if somebody's in a beige cubicle, they ab absolutely are invited to, to the village so that they can start thinking about their escape route. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And before I know we're going to be closing up here in just a minute, I really want, um, what is the new paradigm for you? Because we've spoken about that and we use a, a terminology a lot. And I want to hear what your, your view on that, your description of that. 
Well, first off, the caveat is that I don't know exactly what the new paradigm is. I know that the old systems are, are crumbling and for good reason, and that we want to build something new. And this is why I have my podcast, Conscious Conversion, um, which you can also listen to and hopefully hear about this village. Um, but I have conversations with thought leaders on that podcast to, to, to explore those questions. Like I live in the question of like, what is the new earth? What is the new paradigm? But I do, what I do believe is that there is transparent communication, self-responsible communication, generosity of spirit, um, all needs. I mean, like really when we get, there's going to be a transition period, but like, really, I imagine like all needs being met, giving freely, receiving fully, um, living in i think the number one piece is living more in harmony with nature and with our own nature that doesn't mean you have to live off grid in the jungle that means like what is this body this animal body like what is the nature of being in this body and living in harmony with this beautiful planet we are the conscious embodiment of of this planet of the of, of gaia if you want to if you want to go there and like, I, I feel like the new earth and the new paradigm is one where we fully embody that, that harmony. We are the sacred geometry. We are the sacred geometry. <laughs> yes, that's the new paradigm. And it's the old paradigm, that. too. You know, it's ancient and futuristic at the same time. Mm -hmm. And if you were to describe, we got, I want to change up this question, but this is how we got it now. It's still going to have to do with this, but what does mental health mean to you? I want to add like mm. a flair. Cause I feel like we've evolved. It's still mental health, but sometimes mental health can feel like that term can feel very cold mental or med driving or medicalized. Mental we'll figure um, it out you guys, but mental, you know, I've mental never thriving. really mental thriving. I don't know that I've ever really fully defined it. So I don't have a perfect um, answer for that for but you, I do, but I do feel like, um, I like what Paula said about sort of like just allowance and not having the resistance to the feelings and to, I feel like being in a place where I can be fully, fully self-expressed as who I am, um, is, is contributes to my mental health or my mental thriving and my emotional well-being. When I came to Costa Rica to Puerto Viejo, I, something shifted in how I dressed, how I expressed myself, um, how I showed up in the world. And I felt more fully expressed as my as my full self here. And even though I still have like my my own little anxieties and my messes and whatever that that happened for me, um, I I feel deeply um, aligned with who I am. I feel proud of who I am. And I feel like that is like at least one huge epitome of, of mental health. And I'm sure there's so much more that so many more people, including y'all, could say about it. <laughs> I love that. Uh, it's and beautiful. look at you got, did you get your sick arm sleeve in Costa Rica? Look Part of that. it. From CDC governmental work to a badass single mom <laughs> killing it with an arm sleeve in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fly story. Paula, do you know, have I told you, Sarah, we like to guess our, uh, our people's zodiac signs. Do you know, I can't guess it because I know well, Sarah's whole birth chart. But well, <laughs> I know from the beginning of this podcast, Cancer Rising, Scorpio Moon, uh, Libra. No, but it's not a bad guess. 
Okay. All right. Hold on. Um, <laughs> Look into her Lee, soul. Libra's not a bad guess. Uh, Gemini. All no. right. T- Taurus. Yes. Okay. I guess I'm. <laughs> <laughs> She's my non my nonlinear thinking was like two sides. <laughs> like, <laughs> those are clearly like antlers, um, or whatever Tauruses have horns, maybe horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool yeah. woman, woman of the earth. That's right. I love being a Taurus. It's like all like sensual beauty and pleasure and. Oh yeah, she's such a Taurus. Sarah's such a Taurus. <laughs> She loves beauty, loves aesthetic and home and like making things like we had an episode once all about how like beauty healing through beauty and you Mm. fully like you embody that for me a lot. Mm. Definitely. I I love being around Tauruses for that reason. I feel like my like indulgent Leo self gets like full like, yes, let's lay together by this pool <laughs> with great. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. Leos are some of my best <laughs> friends. I mean, like my some of my closest friends are Leos because we align in that. We're like, <laughs> yeah. let's go be cats together by the pool Aww. and beckon someone to come feed us and pet us. <laughs> make everything beautiful. And your north node is in Leo, which means, you know, where That's you're true. headed to in this lifetime. And Sarah definitely makes everything a vibe. Like you're like fully aware of you're like, wait, why would we just sit in silence when we could have good music? And like also <laughs> like this and that and delicious food, like bring all the vibe, like all First the, the chocolate pleasures. <laughs> you're like, and this is what I said to you. I was like, yo, you and my sister would get along so well because Paul's the exact same. Paula's like, why would I just look at a chocolate in the fridge when like I could literally eat it right now? My, one of my favorite things <laughs> I say is like, why would I want to have my cake? Why wouldn't I want to have my cake and eat it too? That's dumb. Like if I have cake, I'm going to eat it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Both and. Yeah. Um, but well, Paula, we're going to have to hang out someday. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Don't be down for that. Y'all are going to come. I'm going to like, then I'm going to meet up with y'all later. And you guys are going to be like gold crowns and somehow like met the prince of whatever state you're in or country you're in and living lavishly. It's going to be rose petals all over the floor wherever we walk. <laughs> yes, please. Literally. Uh, Sarah, I love oh. you so much. Thank you for being on Pretty Mental with us. Thank you for having me. So fun. We could go on for hours. We I could go on for hours and we'll most likely have you back because you are just such an epic soul. Love I love it. you so much. I go love play you in the jungle. Okay. Bye. Give Bye, Sarah. Love. Thank you.